So we really need to shift our mindset around budgeting and the way that I approach it, I would say is very different to the average bear. So the way I approach it is not about restriction. It's actually just about learning what comes in and out of your your bank system without judgment. So Mm. if you look at your budget, I guarantee one of the first things you'll say is, oh my God, I feel so bad. Like I can't believe I, no, 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 we're not gonna use that language. Hey chicks, I'm Al. And I'm Sal. And this is Two Broke Chicks, the show that shares life lessons because we are broke in funds but rich in life. And today we are joined by Victoria from She's on the Money. Hello, my friends. Thank you for having me. How fancy is this? We're so excited. I know, we're down in Melbourne, face to face. I love it. In stewed. In stewed. And we are so excited today. We're going to be talking about how to actually spend your monthly paycheck because honestly I don't think many people know how to do this. Mm. I know like it's taken me a really long time and I probably still don't know. Like I'm yeah. going to be listening to this being like, okay, writing notes. Yeah. Yep. Got well, it. People are like, just budget. And I'm like, well, what, what, what does it okay, mean? but what next? Yeah. Like how do I do that? Yeah. So that's why we've got Victoria on to mm-hmm. answer those questions for us. Bold of you to think I know. Oh, oh come, come on, on now. You've got a book on it, girl. I do, but like fake it till you make it, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm into that. It's very like do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. So if you're here for professional advice like that, we can talk about that. Personal advice, mm, these groups are <laughs> so cute. Yeah. <laughs> but that's relatable. Like that's understandable. Like it's kind of the worst when someone is sitting there being like, so you can never buy anything fun ever again and you're like absolutely okay yeah okay, fine. You just set yourself up for failure yeah with that. like i'm like that's not me yeah i can't say no to myself yeah <laughs> my toxic trait is like what baby wants baby gets yeah like that's not a toxic trait that's a life lesson thank you yep. i love this already <laughs> i love this already i'm just here to enable yes yeah, we love an enabler us. but before we get into the episode we do like to start with our life lesson of the week so victoria is our guest of honor what is your life lesson of the week? life lesson of the week. Big or small? Oh, do you know what? I feel like there's so many. I was talking to my dad the other day and there have been some things in my life that I just want to be brutally honest about. Mm, I and love that. I love when your friend turns to you and they're like, can I just be mean for a second? And you're like, you're like bring it on. Oh my gosh. One of my team members sent me that as a TikTok this morning. And it's like, you know how you get resurrected from the yes. uh-huh. for a second? And I'm like, yes, I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> That's me. Anyway, I was saying to my dad, like, ah, oh, this is annoying me. Rah, rah. And he said, don't forget honesty tempered with mercy. And I was like, what? And he's like, well, if you be honest, that's great. But like, is that the kindest thing to do? Sometimes the kindest thing to do is to say nothing. And sometimes the kindest thing is actually going to be better for you mentally as well, because you don't need to always give someone the entire loop of feedback. Sometimes you just go, hey, I need a moment. Hey, I need this. Hey, I need that. But you don't have to always give them. 100% 100% of the truth because that might not be the kindest thing. We're not saying lie, yeah. but like temper your honesty with mercy and be a little bit kind. So maybe I like that's a Victoria that. Devine's dad lesson. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. So I was like, why'd you lie? And I was like, I was being merciful. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, they're like, no, no, no. You could have told lying. me. And just... I'm like, no, 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 I'm just being a dick. <laughs> you know, you're like, well, you didn't tell the whole truth. It's like, yeah, because it wasn't the kindest thing to do. That's mm. the thing. Sometimes like when you know something, like for example, if you know that your best friend's ex got with someone on the weekend at the pub, you're like, oh, I'm not going to tell you. 
You don't need to know. Yeah, it's not you don't need to know. Yeah. All right, Sarah, what's your life lesson of the week? Okay, this one's like a bit of a reminder, but something that I had been completely neglecting for the last few years. Is it me? Because yes. I wanted to bring this up. Yeah. <laughs> On the pod. No mercy out. Mercy. No, it's to take advantage of happy hours. Oh, my and God. And, like, midweek deals. Yes. I never, ever do that. I'll, like, rock up and be like, oh, shit, happy hour just ended. Like, I never organised enough or I just go to the same restaurant every mm-hmm. time. I never branch out. But because we were coming down to Melbourne and we're all about that broke chick life, we were like, let's look up some happy hours, like some good midweek deals. We got 30% off a meal for ordering online at a restaurant. Well, booking, week. just booking. Yeah. Oh, Just what? booking yeah. online. We didn't even order, need to order the food in advance. Yeah. We just booked it online. Yeah, it was St. Domenico's. Yeah. And it was so nice. But I don't think I ever would have found it. Unless yeah. I'd just been Googling like midweek deals, Melbourne. Yeah. So yeah. It was, smart. and it was so delicious. Our producer, who is gluten and dairy intolerant, yeah, had a four cheese gnocchi. <laughs> and we were like, Sarah. And then she was like, what? I'm living. Yeah. It was <laughs> worth it. And 30% tomorrow, off. Yeah, she was fine. She was fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a money win. There's also an app that my community are obsessed with, and I cannot for the life of me. E Club? No, it's called like First Table. Oh, Open Table? No, First oh. Table and you book. And look, I might be incorrect, but if you Google First Table, like Melbourne or Sydney, I'm sure it will come up. But it's like an app where you can go on and book the first tables of the evening and you get 50% off your meal at that particular restaurant. Because you know how if they open at like five, there's like no one there. Oh, yeah. my god! If you come in, make us look busier, we'll give you half off. Isn't that, that is, a good that is amazing. Also, is amazing. I love at like a 5 p.m. dinner. Mm, or early bird special. Yeah. I do not. That is an afternoon snack. I'm going to require dinner again at 9.30. Oh, yeah. Oh, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah that's fine. Win? Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> dinner twice. <laughs> it's a dinner win. My life lesson of the week is how you can see the Barbie movie for $12. What? Yeah. I didn't know this. Oh, this yeah. This is a very good deal. Yeah. So literally I did this with my partner. I think it was like $11 for a movie ticket and it was just buying it on the Shopback app. You just get like a voucher on Shopback and it's half price. Now it's $11.95. And when you go to the movies, you can scan it to get your movie ticket or you just buy your ticket online and it's so cheap. So just do that if that you want to go. So because the movies, are, the movies are so expensive now. It's ridiculous. I sound like my dad. Mm. But... I'm like, I don't want to pay 20 And then 20 you get bucks. the popcorn and then you obviously need the like giant yeah. coat. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chop tops. Yeah. Obviously, that's part of the experience. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it all adds up. But they have deals across like gold class as well. So if you're wanting to go see the Barbie movie, obviously, oh, you are. Oh, in gold Come class. On. Like, who are you, rich? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Only if we're getting it half price. Fully. <laughs> but like as well, maybe if you're going on a date, like if you want to take someone on a date as well. Mm. Elite date. Taking mm-hmm. me to the Barbie movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm already married if you yeah. Me, I would marry you. Like, <laughs> You're like, divorce, babe, divorce. Sorry, did you take me to the Barbie movie in yeah. Goldfuss? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah it's over. Mm-hmm. All right, well, now that we've saved money, gone to happy hour, and we're going to start being merciful in our honesty, <laughs> let's get into the episode. All right, so finance in our 20s is there's so much to it, but we're going to kind of niche down into how to spend our monthly paycheck. But First things first, what's the average salary that someone in their mid-20s is actually working with and earning? 
So it really depends and there's lots of different numbers that float around and I think the best number to rely on if you're asking me for the average is the ABS data and so mm-hmm. it's $1,127.50 each and every single week mm-hmm. which feels like a lot. It does feel like a lot. But when you realise how much it costs to live it's not actually that much. Mm. However it's interesting when you look at what the mean salary is for the average Australian versus the median. These two things are actually quite different and I believe the average salary is around $60,000, but the quote normal salary, like what you would most likely expect someone our age to earn is between 70 and 90,000 a year. So it really Mm. depends on so much stuff, right? Because this data takes into consideration people who live regionally, all of the people who might be employed and working part-time, working mums, people who have a lot more flexibility, people who are working and are very close to the poverty line. But then it's also considering people who earn hundreds of thousands of dollars, if Mm. not millions as business owners. Mm. So it's kind of hard to look at data and go, is this reflective of the reality? Yeah. And when I look at the reality and I look at our community and the She's on the Money community is more than 250,000 women. And I'm psycho. Love data. <laughs> <laughs> love data. I actually studied psychology way back when. Have two degrees in that. So psychometrics and I get statistics so scared of someone are my when they favorite study things. That. I'm like, Watch are out. you reading my mind? I just, <laughs> like, I just came in here to tell you to be kind. Watch out. Anyway, I would say the average is more around take home pay in your 20s of like 800 bucks mm, so yeah. the data or the official data says one thing and then my experience within my community because as I said love yeah. a bit of analysis mm-hmm. yeah. I give them a census every year I that's so cool it's more around eight to nine hundred dollars a week take home and then our average I guess rent payment in yep. our twenties is nearly forty percent of our salary. Yep, Sounds I feel that. Right. I feel Sorry, that. It's, it's a lot, and I mean, it's all down to. I've got so much to say about this, but it's all down to your values and your goals and whatnot. And like, I meet people who are, you know, living really frugally, and they're like, "Oh, I don't even pay rent. I live in a cardboard box in the corner of a share house." Mm. And then there's other people who are like, "No, I really value my home, mm. and my rent is actually fifty-five percent of my salary." And you go, "Okay." As long as you're making educated decisions around that, and I guess that's what this conversation is meant to be about. Yeah, I think that's such a good point on like what your priorities are and what you want in life. Like, do you want to be living in like your dream apartment, or do you want to just like go live your life and you don't really care about where you lay your head at night? Yeah, mm. I'm definitely the apartment person. Same. I'm such oh, a homebody. Home yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I need l- my safe space. I love being at home, and, and like, I wasn't always like that, but definitely after COVID. I'm Mm. such like, I'm like, "Mm, home. Yeah, I think that's so interesting as well that you look at that data based on your audience because then you can actually give more helpful and tailored Mm. advice. I know it's still not personal advice because everybody's situation is so different. But based on that, what's the average savings that people in their mid-20s have? See, I don't like this question either. Can you make everyone, you're either going to make everyone feel better about themselves or worse. I'm going to make you feel bad because I look at it and I look at my community and they say one thing and then the reality of it says another. But that's the thing, statistics statistics can be so like, they'll show you a number of like, you know, what the average person in their 20s is earning and you're like, who? Yeah. Who, where? Yeah. Yeah. So Westpac data tells us that the average savings of someone in their 20s is $7,995. And I look at that and go, oh, bola, all right, no worries. However, other data tells us that the average Australian, obviously not all in their 20s, 
the average Australian would not be able to access $500 if they came into an emergency where that was required. So I look at it and go, mm, all right, no worries. And yeah. then when I survey my, my community mm. and I go, hey, how much do you have in savings? It goes all the way from I have literally nothing, I'm negative, I'm in personal debt, all the way through to hundreds of thousands of dollars. But the average, I would say, is between two and $5,000. Mm-hmm. So that $7,995 feels like a lot, especially in your 20s. Like I feel 100%. like you're just setting yourself up. Like life has just become, quote, real and you're learning and growing and changing and testing the waters. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you have more than that, baller, big yeah. dog energy. Yeah. But if you have less than that, I wouldn't be crucifying yourself either because it's so normal. Definitely. And I think a lot of people are struggling to just pay their rent increase. Like, Mm. and that's okay. Like, you don't need to be having $7,900 in your bank account. Like, if you are focusing on getting by month to month, that's okay. Yeah, it's also really good to have that context because it is so disheartening when you see that figure and you're like, I don't have that and I am not even anywhere near close to that. In my early 20s, I was so, like pessimistic when it came to my money being like well I'm earning nothing so what's even the point like I'll never get to that goal of the average so like what's the point but it's like no like every little bit counts and it's so helpful to know that the majority of people don't have seven thousand dollars saved in their mid-20s I know and in my head it's so bad that I'm like what if I died tomorrow (laughs) you know like I have that thing in my head that I'm like I want to save I want to be responsible but then I'm also like but you only get one Yolo. life. Like you only there's only one day, like mm. today. Which right. again, Tell that I'm sixty five year old you. I like, know well, I had a good twenty. Yeah. yeah, which I don't remember now at it's, all. I know. <laughs> I don't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. Yeah, but again, I'm like, what well, baby wants, baby gets. <laughs> <laughs> I think as well, one of the biggest struggles I've had with budgeting and trying to get, like, get better with my money is that there are so many types of budgets that we're told to do being like oh I'll try this rule or do this budgeting hack and it becomes a lot and a bit overwhelming so in your experience when someone's really bad at budgeting like us <laughs> like I was yeah, yeah if someone's really bad at budgeting what is the budgeting tool or way of doing it that you recommend so I am really fluffy like I am so like oh my gosh so it's about how you think and how you feel <laughs> So like, hear me out. All right. Mm-hmm. So budgeting sucks. No one likes to budget because budgeting, I would akin to dieting. No one likes dieting. It feels restrictive. It feels awful. It doesn't feel like something I want to do. The second I implement any type of diet in my life, which I don't anymore mm-hmm. completely, just to put that on the table, I just think of all the things I can't have. I feel like the same thing happens when we budget. So if I said to you, you really need to budget, you'd be like, but I want to. And Mm. you're thinking about all the things that you can't have, not the things that you can have because of the decisions Mm. that you're making. So we really need to shift our mindset around budgeting. And the way that I approach it, I would say, is very different to the average bear. So the way I approach it is not about restriction. It's actually just about learning what comes in and out of your, your bank system without judgment. So Mm. if you look at your budget, I guarantee one of the first things you'll say is, oh my God, I feel so bad. Like, I can't believe I, no, 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 we're not going to use that language. How much do you spend on groceries? Mm. You might go, oh V, it's 300 bucks a week and I'm a single. Be like, great, no worries. Does that align with your values? And you might go, yeah, it actually does because... Mm. I run a podcast, I'm really busy, I buy a lot of convenience meals, I eat out a lot, I'm not worried about that being a big expense. Mm. We might look at something else, though, that you're not using. 
that you don't get value out of that you didn't realize added up. Like, I'm not an F45 girlie. Oh, like, me <laughs> I'm not throwing Same. F45 girlies under the bus. In fact, I'm really envious of you yeah. and your commitment. However, in Melbourne, I have heard from my own experience that F45 is like $75 to $80 a week. Mm, yeah. It's so expensive. I committed expensive. to that because I was like, if it's expensive, I'm going to go. Yeah. Obviously, no, no. I found every excuse under the sun not to do burpees. I was not going to do it. <laughs> and then once I calculated how much that was costing me per year, I was like, absolutely not. That's got to go. So if we sit down and we do our budget and we actually look at it as in, is this aligning with my values? Mm. Every single line item. Not what works for my friend. Because my friend might be obsessed with F45 and she might also be a meal prepping queen and she might look at my grocery budget and be like, you are crazy. Like, that's so irresponsible. No, it's not. It's me living in line with the values that I hold. Once we then have that complete budget and we go, all right, well, this is what I'm doing. What are my goals? Yeah. Like, what am I trying to achieve? And you might be trying to save for a house or you might be trying to, you know, just get some cash in the bank so you have an emergency fund or you might be saving for a girl's trip to Bali or it might be anything, right? You might look at your budget and go, hmm, that thing that I really want to do, it's not going to happen if my lifestyle stays this way. What can I comfortably then cut back without compromising my lifestyle too much? You might go, all right, well, 300 bucks on groceries, it's a lot. Maybe I could just do one less thing and buy, you know, a quicker meal or I might make dinner once a week and then that additional cash can go somewhere else. So I'm not saying stick to certain concepts or certain frameworks because if we Google it, the average family in Australia is spending between $150 and $200 on groceries each week. Mm. Average family. I spend way more than that as an individual. (laughs) I was just doing the math in my head. I spend so much on that. And again... The data tells us that that's from the poverty line all the way up to people Mm. who have millions to spend on groceries. So that's not really representative. So if if you look at your budget and you're going, well, what should I be spending, Victoria? I can't tell you that because I don't know your values. I don't know what aligns to your goals. And as you were saying before, you're a homebody. Mm. You're going to want to spend more on your rent. I know somebody who's literally doing that fire, you know, financial independence, retire early. So they're saving like 90% of their income. Their home is not a priority to them. Wow. I respect, but I could never do that. I could never because it's not in line with my values. Mm. We're all so different. So when it comes to what's the right way to budget, to be honest, I think my system of what you earn, what you spend, what you own and what you owe and understanding those four numbers... I do have, you know, shameless plug, free budget on my website. Doesn't cost you anything. Download it, do it. But that's just so you can get a hold of those numbers. Because the second you know those, you're so much more powerful. Like if Mm. you could tell me, and I guarantee right now, you could probably both tell me on average what you earn each month. You could say, yeah, we take home X. Mm. But you probably couldn't tell me how many dollars leave your bank account on average. You probably couldn't tell me the other three numbers that I say are important. So you could tell me what you earn. Okay, Victoria, stop exposing What do you spend? (laughs) What do you owe and what do you own? And if you have those four numbers, it's kind of like creating coordinates on a map Mm. and you know exactly where you are and where you want to go and what that looks like and we can create a plan. Because I genuinely think if we don't know where we're starting from and we can't be honest with ourselves about that, how are we going to get to where we're going if we can't draw the map? So it's, it's... 
a bit more fluffy and I think a little bit more kind and I do think But I think that's nicer. It's not like, okay, this is the exact percentage you're transferring to savings and doing this because Mm. that becomes like just not really achievable I think a lot of the time and I really like that approach of being like, yeah, but I like, you know, eating out at least like one to two nights a week. So like does that work with what I want to do if I do want to go to Bali next month or if I want to go to Europe next year, which I really do. (laughs) I really want to. to compromise, right? Unfortunately, our incomes are limited. Yeah. And so Which what's up with that? I don't know. (laughs) Full elbow. Like Like, come on, man. Rude. (laughs) But because they have some level of like cap, our goals have to have compromise. Mm. So you might love eating out. But that's the compromise you're making. And I think the most important part about that is not me just saying, oh, you need to compromise. You go, well, that sucks. Mm. What you need to compromise is one thing for another. But if you're making that and you're clean and clear and educated about that, you're going to be happy eating at home because you're getting something that to you is more valuable. Mm. Going to Bali with your girlfriends, if it means one more night at home, is going to be so much easier to do. It's going to be so much easier to stick to if you're really passionate about this. Mm. And I think so many times people fall off, I guess, the horse so quickly because they set goals that they just are influenced to set. Mm. Like a lot of people who say, I'm saving for my first home. I'm like, why though? Do you actually Mm. want that? Because you're not really tracking towards this value set. Like your values are actually over here. And the amount of people, because I used to do this thing called the hour of power, right? And I'd sit you down, I'd make you give me all of your expenses. And I would smash through your budget, your cash flow, tell you exactly what you were earning, what you were spending with, go through your goals. I'd set you up and be like, okay, well, now you need to do A, B, C, D, and E. People would be like, oh. Yeah, they'd be like, oh, shit. But sometimes I'd sit down with people and their goals would be, you know, let's just be really stereotypical. I want to buy a house, want to save for a car, want to have a wedding. Yeah. All right, no worries. I'm pretty sure your values are vapes, babe. Because (laughs) if I sit down, (laughs) if I sit down and do your budget, all of your money is going to going out and spending money on vapes, right? Oh my god! All and then friends are just like, "Ow!" Literally, I had so many faces but pop into my head. Yeah. Just now. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's actually none of yes, like it is. Stop vaping. Oh, yeah, stop vaping. But like, you're nasty. <laughs> Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> but if you sit down and look at your budget, and that's where a lot of your cash flow is going. I'm sorry, but you care more about that than you do the goals you just told me about. Mm. And if you then want to argue with me, I'll be like, that's fine. But sometimes actions speak a little bit louder than words. Mm. What are you going to do to change that? And if you can't change that, maybe we need to dig deeper into that. It's probably not the vapes, I promise. Mm. It's probably the lifestyle. It's Mm. probably the social aspect. It's probably all of those things that we need to, you know, deconstruct to understand why you're not achieving these other goals. Do Mm. we need to change the way you're socialising? Are your friends, are they actually really good for you or maybe not? Like there's just so much to it where if you tell me what your value sets are, that when we overlay them over how you spend, sometimes they're not reflective and that's where we get a bit of misalignment and we might feel really lost. We might feel like we're not achieving anything or we're not working towards anything Mm. or you get this narrative of like, I can't save, I suck at it. It's like, no, babe. Like yeah. you just haven't thought enough about it to actually create this clean, clear plan that aligns with who you are. And who you are at 19, very different to who yeah. you are at 30. You need to tough love yourself oh a little God, bit. Yeah. 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 And because yeah. it is really hard looking at your expenses especially. And our next question was going to be how do you break down your paycheck? Like should you be looking at it 
like for example 40% towards rent no. X in the percent bin. Uh, yeah in the bin. that's what we've in been the bin taught with percentages do you think the same with savings like do you think yeah. you should be like in terms of people thinking they should save a certain amount per month like is that also like yeah just like whatever is with, aligned with your values I think it's really in line with your values. And I believe, again, as I said, I'm a little bit fluffy when I talk about money. And I think it's important. I don't think it's fluffy, though. Oh, it kind of is. It's like me trying to overlay my psychology degrees with my finance (laughs) degrees and being like, I know who you are. But that's the thing is people need to be like realistic in what they can do. Because I think that was the thing that I was a really bad at savings, I say in quotation marks, because I was trying to save an amount that just was not like I could save that realistic. amount, but I didn't want to because no. I wanted to go out with friends. I wanted to, you know, go online shopping. I wanted to do all of those things. So the amount that I was trying to save did not match the things that I want in my life, which now everything's aligning. But it's <laughs> you not know? making sense. Yeah. Right? And I think that's where the fluffy thing comes in, right? So like I believe in seasons of life. Like there are seasons in the year. You can't always have winter. You can't always have summer. And obviously we have a little bit of a preference for what we want and how it works. But in life, we go through different seasons. Mm. And if you tell people, oh, you should be saving 10% of your salary, if you then got someone who was earning $400,000, I'd look at you and go, why aren't you saving more? Mm. If you got a single mum earning $40,000, I'd be like, my friend, it makes sense that you cannot save. You should not have that pressure on you. You're a single mum, absolutely killing it. You're doing the best thing that you possibly can with the tools and resources you have. That life is not forever. Like that's a season of your life that you're going through. And I think that that's where we need to be a lot kinder to ourselves to say, well, maybe there are times in my life you might be a young uni student killing it working an extra job and doing uni and it's all overwhelming and you don't feel like you're getting ahead can we be a little bit pragmatic Mm. about writing down why maybe that's the case it might be because you're working a minimum wage job to get through university and that job's job is actually to put food on your table and a roof over your head and savings aren't actually part of this journey right Mm. now because it's unrealistic Mm. and I think that we need to be really kind to ourselves whereas if you said to me oh Victoria $400,000 lawyer I'd be like okay cool I can craft a plan that makes sense $40,000 mum can craft a plan that makes sense but it's all really circumstantial based on what you're earning what your commitments are and how that's going to play out because I think by saying oh you probably should spend around 20 percent that's not going to work for Mm. everybody and there's this very popular finance content creator that doesn't wear any shoes really popular (laughs) (laughs) I wear really good shoes Um, but he has this brilliant system that has completely changed Australia. Like Scott Pape is a genius. So the mm. Barefoot Investor is, I think, one of the best finance resources in the country. However, I have a few things that don't really work for my community because he does suggest a percentage-based system. And he does suggest a whole heap of stuff that I go, actually, my community are young and educated and have time on their side Some of these things don't work. Mm -hmm. And like if you're at a higher tax bracket, why would you only save a certain amount and then splurge that much? Yeah. And I know that these things, people love structure. They love being told what What to to do. do. Because the structure is often what we crave. So I can see why it works. But sometimes starting there is great. Save X amount. If that system of percentages works for you, 
have practice at it. Once you feel confident with it, maybe let's look at it more holistically and go, well, actually, what's going to work for my value set? What's going to work for the goals that I have and what I want to create? Because as much as his book is brilliant, it is written for people in their 40s who have not cared about financial literacy yet. And the plan is to get one home and retire comfortably and rely on a pension. Yeah. And right. I guarantee that if I sat you down and said, what are your life goals? What do you want to do? You'd be like, I want to be financially free by this year. I want to do this. I want to do that. That's not the system for you mm. then. It's a brilliant place to start to get out of debt, to put yourself in the best possible position. But it's kind of like we need to level up at some point. We need to take it to that situation where it's really encompassing your goals, your values, what you want to create. And as much as you two keep finishing your sentences and like you are two peas in a pod, (laughs) you will have different goals and different values. So even if I sat down with your budgets and looked at yours and then looked at yours, they hopefully would be really different. And I wouldn't ever want you to compare Mm. because what you spend on food might not be what you spend on food. And that's so fine. You'd be surprised. It's very aligned. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not surprised. It's the food part. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So this one was a very common question that we get from our audience a lot. And in your own short and sweet answer, how do we stop buying every new viral product that's coming up on our TikTok? Because social know. media just teach me fuels <laughs> our overconsumption that we're like, a do you new want to jacket see my new up. laptop light? Like it's lit. <laughs> it clips onto the top of my laptop, found it on TikTok. See, Food that's saver. the thing. I've got it. It's in my fridge. So one of the things that I teach is you can have it all. You just can't have it all at once. And my favorite way of starting to implement that is putting 24 hours between you and your spending. So what we're going to do is you really want the viral clip-on laptop lamp. It makes you look so good on Zoom. I can like, only like, imagine. I don't even need to have this, like, oh my this gosh, Zoom I love. makeup. Like, no, I don't need that. I've got this light. It's the Alex Earl light. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I can I'm understand basically why you're Alex Earl now. Yeah. yeah. And me. she, I'm like, if I get this light, I'll look exactly like Alex Earl. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you know what? My following is going to skyrocket. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to become so engaging. It's going to be insane. Do you see her uni now offers? the Alex Earl scholarship. scholarship. Really? Oh yeah. I oh am my God. honestly like complete pivot from conversation. She has taken her following and her influence and really harnessed that. I'm so glad she's done that. Oh my God. I hope she actually goes down a route of like education and teaching people how to study and teaching people how to like just be better. Like she's one like, of those like she's real amazing. gritty content creators yeah. that I think has so much opportunity. Yeah, I'm obsessed yeah. with her. As a fellow Alex, I feel completely inadequate. Comparison. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, it's You're fine. An AX, yeah, it's I'm an totally EX. She's an IX. It's fine. Different people. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna put 24 hours between yes. us and our spending. So I'm not saying no. We're saying just not right now. Mm. So you might cut and paste the URL and put it in the notes section of your phone and we'll go back and look at it later. You might just save the video and go back and look at it later. Minimum 24 hours. I can guarantee two things. You either realise that you really want that thing or you forgot that you put it in your notes app and we don't buy it. Yeah. Mm. So it's one of two and the longer you can wait, because obviously delayed gratification for human beings is hard, 
the longer you can wait, the better. I get mm. it. I'm impulsive. It's 2023. I want something yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand why if I order things online, they're not just at my door. It's like when the shipping doesn't come the next day, you're like, what? Yeah. I paid for Express. What oh do you mean gosh. two to three business days? Yeah. yeah. Sorry. These expectations that I made up in my head are not being met. I agree. <laughs> so rude. But the longer you can leave it, the more likely you are to make a balanced decision that's actually right for your financial mm-hmm. future. And I think by saying, don't look on Instagram I live there I am yeah. I live on TikTok do you know what I did though I did unfollow like I'm pretty sure every fashion brand that I did follow like I unfollowed all of them because what would happen is I'd be scrolling and be like oh, I love that dress or like whatever it was Me. and I would just immediately go by or I'd see the sale like mm. it would be like thousands of products up to 80% off and I'd capitalism. be like say less <laughs> and once I unfollowed all of them like I really just stopped that spending amount. Like I really just stopped spending as much as I was. And when I needed something, then I went searching for it. When I was like, okay, like that, I don't know, long sleeve top has seen better days. It's time for like a new plain black long sleeve. That's like a basic that I know I'm going to wear all the time. Then that's like, I would go searching for that then. But it was only when I needed something rather than just having something pop up and I'd be like, oh, I should buy that. But TikTok's yeah. a whole different ball game. Oh, my God, TikTok TikTok's is different. no control. Because you don't want to miss out on the sale. That's mm. the thing. You're like, no, but I am you wasting do. money. By- you do. No, you do. Because I guarantee there's always going to be there's another sale. Right. There's yeah. always going to be another sale. Exactly. There's always going to be a better deal. And I think we're so pressured into buying immediately. Mm-hmm. Speaking of TikTok, do you know who I've started following? Not individually, like this is not one person, but do you know the group or the cohort of people that I've started following that I'm obsessed with? Women over 50. They are living. <laughs> they oh are living. Tell me everything. So like Chelsea Fagan, who is a TikToker, taught me this concept and she was like do you know who I love I only now new follows only women over 50 they have their lives together yeah whether they're single or in a, in a relationship they're not going to sell you product because they don't care anymore they're just about living their lives they'll give you oh, cocktail recipes energy. they'll teach you how to socialize better they'll teach you home tips like I was like I'm here I'm there give it to me they're like the 50 year olds you want to become Oh my God. I love I'm that. not impulse spending anymore. I'm just like looking at my own values. I'm like, wow, when I'm 50, I better look this hot. Like, yeah. It makes you it puts your on you. You do yeah. your evening skincare. It's 100%. giving like Samantha Jones. I'm exactly. like, that's what I want to be when I grow up, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. So my basically my entire TikTok feed now is like dogs. It's real random cat videos and women over the age of 50. And I'm here for it. That's and Alex Earl. <laughs> and Alex Earl. Yeah. Of course. Always, always. So... We've spoken about how a lot of people in their 20s are spending, are like struggling to even just save any money or pay their rent or buy groceries. So it sometimes seems like a lot to expect us to also get into investing, which has been a huge conversation over the last like five to 10 years for people in their 20s. Do you think it's worth investing in your 20s and looking into that or is it a waste of time 100 yes <laughs> okay where um, do we start about how first we're going to take some pressure off ourselves right mm. we're going to be like all right if you don't have the capacity to do that don't do it let's let's tick off some hygiene factors first of all we're in a cost of living crisis mm-hmm. so if you're struggling please stop putting more pressure on yourself like it is not helpful it's not putting anybody in a better position it's actually making you feel like trash about yourself mm-hmm. so let's not do that Secondly, investing nowadays 
20 plus years ago, you used to have minimum investment amounts. So you might need $1,000 to start your journey. That's completely unfathomable these days. However, there are, you know, and this is not a product plug, I just kind of love the concept that you can invest with as little as one cent. Mm. So there's a platform called Sharesies that you could have a look at. There's also a million other platforms that you could invest with. But nowadays, investing is so accessible. So if you're in a situation where you're financially secure enough and you have a few extra dollars that you would like to invest, invest with. I think it's a fantastic thing to start in your 20s, even if it's not large amounts. And I say this because I think it's an investment into your financial literacy. So mm. let's say you, the free cash flow you have each and every single month is five bucks. You might look at me and be like, V, that's not worth it. Like you can't even buy an oat latte in Melbourne anymore for five dollars, <laughs> which is true. Yeah, It's absolutely true. But what if you're at the start of your 20s and you spend 10 years investing $5, I promise it's not going to be enough to retire with. In fact, it's probably not even going to be enough at the end of that 10 years for you to buy a car. But look how educated you are. Look how confident you are with the share market. Mm. Look what you've done for yourself. You now understand how to buy shares, how to trade shares, what the market looks like over a 10 year period. You all are so confident that when you get that next pay rise and you're adding more to it, it starts to really compound. So $5 might go to 15 and 15 might go to 50 and mm. 50 goes to 500 and all of a sudden you you're start rich. <laughs> all of a sudden you're richer than Kim Kardashian. Yeah. <laughs> like that's what happens, right? Exactly. I'm pretty sure. I've been waiting. <laughs> I actually need to call the ASX because it hasn't happened for me yet. Yeah. And I've been investing for 10 years. Yeah. But it's about that confidence. It's about actually starting to dip your toes into the water because investing I think the hardest thing is that analysis paralysis at the start where yeah. do I start what do I what do, do I what do, do I download yeah. you forget it you ignore it in fact every single person listening to this podcast who is employed has a superannuation fund you are already an investor wow. why aren't you caring about that super it's 11% now as of July 1st this year you now get 11% super. It's gone up from 9.5 and it will continue to go up until I think it's July 2025 goes to 12% super. Wow. Most of us cannot afford to save 10% of our incomes, yet we are doing that within the tax structure of superannuation. So why aren't we caring about that money as much as we can't access it at 60, until 65? At this point, I'm pretty sure it will still go up again, but we can't access it. But it's your money. You've got complete control over it and you can learn from that. You can mm. grow, you can change. And I think that that's, it's so important to care about, oh no, I'm learning. Like, mm. isn't that cool to think yeah. that in 10 years, you might just be like, oh no, I know what this is. And actually that ATF doesn't perform as well as this. Like you, you get education by exposure. It's like, you know, when you went to uni or I don't even know if you guys went to uni, but mm -hmm. I did. And it was the worst hundred thousand dollars I ever spent. <laughs> yep. Yes. One because or I don't a piece use, of paper. I don't use either. Oh, sorry. I don't use any of my degrees. I now <laughs> live in podcast land. Mm. So that was a waste of time. <laughs> uh, but also I learned most of my stuff on the job. Through internships, same. same. Yep. So investing is exactly the same. You can read about it. You could pick up my investing book. You could pick up every investing book under the sun. You could read them all. Those are the textbooks. Mm. doing it is different doing it is that. that emotional journey of feeling confident and connected and going oh actually if I do this this happens and if I do that that happens like you could own, you could know all the technical stuff you could be the smartest kid at school and the worst intern like it That's happens so all the time yeah so I think it's really important to just dive in give it a crack if you can invest for as little as one cent 
why can't we test it with a coffee? I've spilled heaps of coffees over. Mm. Like I spill coffees, I, I buy them, I put them on my desk, I let them go cold, I tip them out. I could have invested five bucks and learnt a little bit. Yeah, I love that. Also, it's way less risky making mistakes and learning along the way with five bucks than it mm. is when you, you know, find yourself with a bunch of cash that you could be making a serious investment. Like you'd rather learn learn the mistakes with the one cent investment. Exactly. And I think it's a massive misconception where people think if I start investing, it means I have to have a lot of money. That's what you I always thought. Yeah. You don't. And it goes back to this. This is so stereotypical. So I do promise to not pull out too many more like Instagram quotes from 2016. No, we but love if it. I love it. You can't manage $10. You can't manage 10000 And you sure as hell cannot manage $100,000. Yeah. But it's so true. Learn as you grow. And there's this story that I love bringing out. And I'll try and tell you it as quickly as possible because it's in my first book. I had a client let's call him Jim I have permission to talk about that he's one of my favorite clients I inherited him from an ex-financial advisor that retired and I got him and he was like at retirement age he and his wife had a income combined income because she didn't work three kids she'd always been a stay-at-home mum. he worked in all of the like skyscrapers in the city like just doing maintenance running around changing light globes 70 grand a year he has retired in a better position than my client who was a barrister and a high school teacher who had a combined income of more than half a million dollars. He has retired in a better position than two people who have arguably what you'd say is like a real luxe lifestyle because he invested consistently over the long term. Wow. He now has oh an God. investment portfolio, you know, invested in super, like put what, put away what he could, you know, times change, seasons happen. When the kids were at school, he couldn't do too much. But mm. then once the kids graduated, he was like squirreling away more. He now has an income of about $120,000 a year from his investment portfolio. And he's used to earning 70000 When I used to be his advisor, he'd always be like, Victoria, what do I do with this money? And I'm like, Jim, you guys could buy a new caravan. Yeah, <laughs> really? Yeah, really? A brand new one? Yep. Oh. Yep, you have the capacity. Like Love You can Jim. absolutely do that. Whereas this other couple who I took on as a brand new client, do you know why I got them? Their daughter listened to She's on the Money and was like, Mum and Dad, Bye. you need to get it together. <laughs> I love that. Oh you need God. to get it together. Go Perfect. see this advisor. And they did. And, like, they're going to be okay now. But for them to achieve exactly the same outcome, we had to cut their lifestyle back so significantly that they had to invest, you know, with me through their investment portfolio about $15,000 a month to achieve the same goal that Jim did. Wow. Jim couldn't Shit. have done that. But because he had done it his whole life, like, since his yeah. early 20s, because, you know, He's like, what, my parents' age, I reckon? Yeah. So, like, back then, you yep. got married in your early 20s, you mm -hmm. had babies. At, like, you, it was a different life. Yeah. But it's the lesson that from little things, big things grow, and it's genuinely not about what you're earning. It's about what you can save and what you can what invest you can do with the money. and the wealth you can create because it's crazy to think that it can change that much. And that's why I like telling that story because you both go, oh, my God, like, 70 grand a year and he achieved that? It's like, well, yeah, because he was consistent. It's not about how much money you have. It's actually about how long you can invest for because every 10 years or seven to 10 years, technically, your money doubles. Yeah. So wow. if one year you have 100 grand, the next year you're going to have 200, then 200 is 400 and it just it goes wild. Yeah. And that's sexy. Yeah. I love that. Our final question is always like, what's your biggest like life lesson that you could give the chicks about you know, budgeting or money? But I'm like, that's it. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Like Jim. We yeah. love a mediocre middle-aged white man. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it's 
it's care about it sooner yeah and stop thinking it's about lifestyle compromise because I used to be in $44,000 worth of personal debt I am not the person that is going to sit up here and be like I've always been good at money I'm a bloody genius like listen to me because I'm so smart no listen to me because I know you because I am you Mm. I still struggle with money I have ADHD I am the most impulsive person you've ever met like ask anybody in my team they're always like what the heck (laughs) like sometimes they need to literally Gabby right now and she's like oh yeah like can confirm (laughs) oh like you say TikTok advertising like I am the target audience (laughs) I'm keeping TikTok in business like they come over every week do you know what my recent purchase was a nugget ice machine that I had to import from the US (laughs) and buy a universal like converter for the power cost me more than 1500 bucks by the end of that like I regret nothing. <laughs> I regret nothing. Oh my god! Let me live my values. Okay, I love that. no shame, yeah, no, no, shame. Judge, no, no shame. shame. But I think we need to share these things and be honest about it because money is a journey. Like money is yeah. not easy. Money is confronting and hard. And if you've grown up in a family where money wasn't abundant, do you know what? This conversation is going to make you feel so sick in the pit of your stomach because mm-hmm. that's overwhelming and it doesn't feel good. You might earn really great money now, but you still don't invest because you're overwhelmed and squirreling away money is what you do to make yourself feel comfortable and it doesn't matter how much money you squirrel away if you don't address the fact that that's making you feel sick and your money story is such that you can't grow I don't care how much you have in savings I promise you're never going to feel comfortable I've met so many people as well who have grown up with wealth mummy and daddy gave you a credit Mm. card and they just tap they end up in ultimate debt they still don't care because they're like ah money comes and goes it doesn't Mm. worry me at all so I think it's really important (laughs) oh it would be nice yeah can't can't relate it must be nice yeah I think it's really important to just understand you where you come from what you do what are your goals and make sure that they're not being influenced by somebody else your Mm. best friend might be buying a house I feel like every single time I open Instagram, there's a new picture of a couple standing in front of a sold sign with a big yellow sticker. You don't know anything about their life. You don't know if they got help. You don't know if they're in debt that's making them argue every single day. You don't know if that was their goal for life and they've been saving since they were five. Like, you don't know. Stop comparing yourself. And I think that that's the lesson. Oh, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Two Broke Cheeks. That was really, like... What's the word I'm looking for? Refreshing. But that was so refreshing in the way that you talk about money. It's really achievable. It's really relatable. And I think there's so many chicks that just maybe feel a little bit lighter after hearing you speak. I know I do. Stop being so hard on yourself. (laughs) I can breathe. Money doesn't have to be hard, but it feels hard. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much. And thanks to you chicks for having us in your ear holes. We absolutely love to be here. Shout out to Producey for hosting us today for the podcast. And MIK Made for making this episode of Two Broke Chicks happen. Thanks so much again, Victoria. Thanks Thanks for having me, guys. Bye, Bye, chicks.